And uh, thank you all for being here uh, tonight. Jeremy as he is at his son's football game tonight. And isn't that cool that in this walk of life, he can take some time off and be there for his kids, be there for their sporting events. And there's other people that are just happy to fill in. And besides, think back to when you were in school. Wasn't it awesome when you showed up to school and there was a substitute teacher? All right. Don't abuse me, guys. Go easy on the substitute teacher today. Okay. Um, I'm going to share with you guys some uh, some some stuff that uh, hopefully you get some value out of. So I'm going to hit screen share right away. Boom, boom, boom. And we're going to go share. And then we're going to go boom. We're going to talk about digging. We're going to talk about digging for gold because gold is never found sitting on the surface. And this has to do with recruiting and team building, which we all can learn how to do just a little bit more. First thing when you're out recruiting, you guys, be normal, but be very active. Okay, activity matters most out there. Um, lead when you're when you're trying to think, man, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know what to say, what to do. Always, hey, Sam, we got three people up in the waiting room, bud. All right. Um, lead with a compliment or a question. Get good at giving people compliments and, you know, uh, asking questions. People love to talk about themselves. So get good at getting them to talk. Man, that's a sharp looking suit. Man, I like that car. Oh my God. And now, gentlemen, if you're giving, if you're trying to recruit a lady and you're giving a compliment, try to fit your wife in the pitch. Like, don't tell her she looks hot. Say, man, I love that dress. My wife would love something like that. Do you mind if I ask where you got it? Okay. So it doesn't sound like you're trying to pick up on them, okay? So sometimes when you give genuine compliments, you got to make sure they know that you're married and there is boundaries here and stuff. Now, if you're single, go ahead and say whatever you need to say. <laughs> you might get a two for one out of this, okay? <laughs> Associate and a wife. But for the rest of us, hey, make sure that you uh, do it uh, appropriately. Um, remember that after you... After you give them a compliment, you start talking to them. You find some bridges or something in common. Maybe they like the same sports team. They went to the same school that you went to. Um, they go to the same church. Something in common. After you build up something that you can find in common with them, if I would you. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm expanding my business in this area. and We're looking for people just like blank, whatever that is. If I sent you a one, two minute video about this, would you watch it? If I would you, you always want to get their buy-in that they will do watch it. And again, it's not a half hour, it's not an hour long movie. It's a one to two minute video. If I would you get good at saying that, get their buy-in. And then if they say yes, when you pull out your phone to go to prospect by PPLSI to ask for their information, of course, they're going to give it to you because they just said they would watch it if you sent it. But now you need to know where to send it to. So again, if I would you. And I love 
uh, I love reading the good book because there's a lot of parables in there. And the parables are a great way that Christ used for teaching people without pointing a finger at them. Um, stories sell. We all know facts tell, but stories sell. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys some awesome stories, but I'm going to use some pictures to kind of explain it. When I first got started in this business, the very first person I went and talked to was a good high school friend. He was like a brother to me. I loved him dearly. And all right, Sam, that's your job. Find that new button. Look, are you, baby? Find that new button. Come on, Sam. Well, we should come. Say, so, uh, everyone's muted. Hey, there you go. Yeah, we can't hit. We can't hit. Everyone gets muted because that included me too. <laughs> so, all right. So I was saying that uh, my my buddy he signed up kind of as a favor to me but really didn't uh, do much. Hold on. Now I don't have, there we go. Eventually I signed up a guy named Jason. Jason came in and then after that, a guy named Damien and then Sally. Now a lot of you know who Sally is. Sally's my mom. My mom didn't say yes at the beginning. She took 10 months to say yes. So she didn't get a frontline spot. She had to come in, you know, a few levels deep. And again, this isn't in exact order. I was building three lines at the same time, but I'm showing you one line. And at this point, 10 months later, there was a fourth level spot available in this one line. And that's where my mom ended up going. Now, through my mom, I eventually found Deanne DeBell, who today is a millionaire club member. And we've created over 11 executive directors over there. They sold over 50,000 memberships over there. My mom is also a six-figure ring earner and an executive director, Millionaire Club member on the team. But there's now three Millionaire Club members over there. But Dave, frontline to me, he canceled his membership the first few months in the business because... It wasn't working yet. So he canceled the member his membership. Imagine what that position would be worth today financially if you had three millionaire club members underneath you. <laughs> yeah, that position would be worth a lot of money. And by the way, Deanne DeBell is like one of the top 10 group producing associates in the company. Yeah, that, that position would be a lot. But he wanted to save a dollar a day so he canceled his membership, and I can never go back and slide him in. I eventually had recruited a good friend of mine named Matt, who led me to his brother, Kevin, who led me to their dad, Gerald, led me to Doug, Chris, Parley, Dave, Rob, and then this girl named Marcella. 
And Marcella went out there and built a huge organization. She put her husband through law school, uh, bought a home, bought a nice Lexus SUV, reached the level of silver executive director, was doing fabulous. That led me to another guy named Mark, another girl named Carly, and then Danny. And he built a huge organization also. And guys, that team just took off and was making a lot of money. But then here's what happened. All those people with the X's canceled their membership before that leg really took off. Before I struck gold yet, people were like, ah, this doesn't work. I'm just going to cancel my membership. Well, the leadership evolved after they canceled their membership. And unfortunately, a lot of those people now can't benefit from that. Now, here's the sad story. Marcella did a wonderful job. Silver executive director. Her husband graduated law school. And then he got a job up in Wyoming being an attorney. So the whole family uprooted and moved to, an, to Wyoming, which was the middle of nowhere. Uh, the whole state of Wyoming is the middle of nowhere. Now, all of a sudden, she just unplugged. She wasn't going to a weekly business briefing. She wasn't going to Super Saturday. She didn't come to convention. She's just like, oh, well, I've got a good team. I don't need to do it anymore. Well, when she moved, they ended up getting a new phone number when she was out in Wyoming. She wanted a Wyoming area code. She didn't let our corporate office know, here's my new phone number. She also ended up getting a new email address because she saw, thought her old one had too much spam in it. So she just shut it down and got a new one. She didn't let our corporate office know about the new email address. Well, about a year later, the debit card she was paying for her membership on expired. The bank sent her a new debit card, but she didn't realize it wasn't paying for her legal plan anymore. And the company was trying to get in touch with her, but the emails were bouncing back. So they tried to call her, but she had a new phone number. And eventually she went a full quarter without having a membership. And sadly, that position dropped. Guys, always make sure you're on the email blast lists. If you're not regularly getting emails from your upline and corporate office, you need to check with them and make sure, hey, something's wrong over here. We need to be included in this, okay, and be getting those. So then I built another team with a, a, a salesman that called me. Sam, we got someone trying to get in. Ian's trying to get in. That's your call. There you go, bud. All right. One was a salesman calling me, a telemarketer calling me. Well, I told him. I'm not interested in refinancing my house. That's what he's calling about. But I said, are you keeping your financial options open? He said he was. So I showed him some information about Legal Shield. He ended up signing up. He led me to a girl named Cassie, who led me to Laura, who led me to Lisa, who led me to Rob, Seth, Mike, Nicole, and then Ben. Ben was actually the car wash attendant at a place I was getting my car washed. Ben said to me, man, I love your car. This is my dream car. I wish I had a car like this. I had a CD. This is back in the days when we had audio CDs with a sticker on it that had my name and phone number on it. I handed it out the window. I said, why don't you go home and listen to this? It'll tell you how you can get a car just like this. He went home, listened to it, and he called me the next day and said, I want to sign up. 
I went over to sign him up and he said, hey, my brother, Dan wants to sign up. So we signed up Dan. Dan led me to a coworker named Amy, who led me to a coworker named Will, who led me to Bryn, who led me to her old boyfriend named Ryan. Now, Ryan was working night shift at the psychiatric hospital, making about 13 bucks an hour. He hated working nights, sleeping days. But he joined this, made 68000 his first year, over 100000 his second year, eventually got up to over $200,000 a year in income. And the next four people, Kate, April, Lucas, and Gabby, all went executive directors on his team. That turned into a huge organization. But sadly, before it turned big, there were a few people that ended up canceling their membership for one reason or another. And then a few years ago, Ryan just peeked over the fence to see if the grass was greener on the other side of the hill, looked at another company where they told him he could make more money than he was making here. So he went over there and started working, and eventually he left the company, and so did Kate, his wife. And that was a $250,000 ring earner. You guys, so important. Follow the systems, stay in Performance Club, and don't ever go peek to see if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. We got the best gig in town. I also brought in a gentleman named Jared who brought and led me to Rusty, led me to Rob, who led me to Andrew, who led me to Jared, who led me to Preston, who led me to Jared, who led me to Julie, Julie I go to church with, who led me to the Udys, Mark and Leslie Udy. Again, more millionaire club members on my team, top producers in the company. They have built a huge organization and produced a lot of revenue. But again, sadly, before I found the UDs and helped them become successful, there were numerous people in that line that dropped their membership. If you if you have ever wondered, man, why are people quitting? Why are people canceling on my team? Welcome to the club. We've made over $3 million in this company. And guess what? We've had a lot of people, as you can see, We've had a lot of people quit for one reason or another. Guess what? I don't sign up for that because every time one of these red X's appear and somebody quits, the money that was sold down here in the organization that was supposed to flow up to them, the computer sees that they're in D status, they're not active. Guess where that money goes? That's right. That money just keeps traveling right up the comp plan and eventually ends up at my bank account. So you always want to make sure that you keep your membership active, that you keep getting paid the money that you're entitled to get. Now, I want to tell you guys one more story, and then we're going to finish it with a quick video. Does anybody know who Richard Hoyt is? Anybody? Anybody know who Richard Hoyt is? All right. Let me tell you a little bit about Richard Hoyt. Richard Hoyt was uh, in his uh, midlife, about 40 years old. And uh, he had a son that was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck a couple of times. It shut off the oxygen. And the kid was born with a cerebral palsy. The doctor said he'll never be normal. His brain doesn't function, and 
it would probably be wise of you to institutionalize him even as an infant. Let the state take care of him. He's going to be too much work for you. And the parents decided, no, we're going to take him home. We're going to raise him as a normal kid. And so they did as much as they could with him, trying to raise him just like they did the other kids they had. They could never tell if he comprehended what they were saying and doing. Um, He couldn't ever talk. He couldn't ever walk. um, He couldn't control his body. And uh, one day they found out that uh, Boston University had developed the technology that from his wheelchair, they could wrap a thing around his head and he could use a thing on his on his head to move his head and it would touch, it would move a, a, a sensor on a computer screen and he could function by touching letters by moving his head. And they thought, I wonder if we can teach him to read and understand the alphabet using this thing. So they put it on his head. And you know what, guys? The kid actually was smart. He could actually, he knew the alphabet. He could read. Now, if you tried to talk to him, he couldn't. But if you let him sit in his wheelchair with a special device, he could poke at letters and he could spell things out. And they were blown away. They enrolled him in the schools. He got an education. He actually ended up graduating from college. But before all that, let me go back. While he was a kid in the neighborhood, there was a neighborhood fun run. And he asked his dad through his computer, can we sign up for the fun run? Now he had a special wheelchair that was like a big three-wheeled stroller. And so the dad's like, you know, it's only a couple of rounds, laps around the neighborhood. It's a fun run. I get the kid out, get some fresh air. He was overweight. He was obese. And more importantly, guys, Richard's family had a, a, a history of heart disease where he had brothers and stuff that, and his dad died in their fifties and he's in his forties. He was way out of shape, but he thought I'm going to take my son because it's important. So he takes him out there. He says, after he did the fun run it nearly killed him, but his son got on the computer that night and said, when you take me out in the park in the neighborhood and do the fun run, I don't feel like I have a disability. Well, that hit him. That hit him. He's like, I got to get in shape. I have to be able to do this more. So as Rick would go to school, his dad would load up concrete bags in the stroller and go running to try to get in shape so he could do more for his son. They eventually ended up uh, signing up for some 5K races. And they finished them. Imagine 5K pushing a 200-pound, you know, grown man in a wheelchair. Then they ended up competing in some half marathons. Half marathons. Is that crazy? It's not just you running. It's you running, pushing another man. Then they tried some mini triathlons and finished. Then they tried some half triathlons and finished and then they actually qualified for full length triathlons iron man triathlons you guys 
That's swimming two miles. That's biking over a hundred miles. That's running a marathon 26 miles. Not alone packing another person. They now have a statue at the Boston Marathon with a plaque of Richard and his son because they've now done over a thousand endurance races. Richard, Richard Sr. has now passed away, but he lived into his 80s. Doctors, based on his family health, said you shouldn't have made it past 50. What Richard did for his son actually gave him 30 more years of life with him. Most importantly, guys, he never quit. Who's that? <laughs> never quit. All right. I've got a quick movie. Hopefully, um, hopefully uh, it. Can you mute, mute Stephanie? Thank you. Barbara, I'm going to start the movie. Will you let me know if the movie has volume? Huh? No, Stephanie Moore. Stephanie Bowley, mute yourself. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start the movie. Let me know. After the movie starts, if the if you the volume because I can see you. And hope don't be your son. You can not become this world. And who stole the moon? Where the high till limit? Who's Everything but that spins things in the world.
All right. I hope I hope you guys are all able to hear that. I know sometimes trying to broadcast movies through the internet's a little bit sketchy, but uh, that just goes to show when you don't quit. Here's a gentleman that probably was within a decade of dying that thought he was serving his son, but it, he was the one that really ended up benefiting from that hard work getting 30 more years of life. And not just 30 more years, but 30 more years to take care of a special needs son that nobody else would have taken care of the way a father takes care of a son. You guys, this business can do amazing things for you and your family. But you can't quit when it's tough. And there's going to be plenty of times when it's tough. You got to stay till the end. As Jeremy would always say, remember, keep God number one, keep your family number two. Legal Shield number three. We'll see y'all back here next week. Have a good one.